Welcome to The Weekly Hook, the podcast where one of us chooses a topic they're hooked on and the other has no idea what's coming. We're your hookers, Chris and Rashad, and today we're going to take a wild cheap chase in 1984. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and get in touch at seriallyhook.com where you can also get all the latest info. And with that, let's talk about another one of my favorite writers, this time Haruki Murakami. Oh, I figured. I was like, are you going to do like Orwell 1984? What are we doing here? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, no, Murakami makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think like... The present is depressing enough without talking about Orwell, although you could definitely make an entire podcast just surrounding him because he's brilliant. But no, I'm talking about Haruki Murakami, one of my favorite authors. Again, one of these authors that I've read everything by. And he is incredibly prolific. He's writing short stories, novels, and nonfiction. And... Um, yeah, he he has been again kind of like with Paul Auster, both of them had been on sort of the long list for the uh as as like Nobel laureates for literature for 15 to 20 years and at this point I don't think any either of them is going to get it but um yeah, I just kind of I started reading him not that long ago actually just like 4 years maybe 4 years ago and then it just i just it's like oh yeah this this first book is good i'm going to read another one of his and then i just <laughs> went all in and there's so much to read again really spreading it out there with different genres different media and also just an interesting person i think i'm going to get too much into personal stuff if it's not directly related to his work today but it's really cool, and he also you know writes a lot in magical realism, which is something that I think you also enjoy as much as I do, um, which is basically including magical or fantastical elements in an otherwise realistic setting. And yeah, he he has a really interesting origin story as well. So he uh, he st he studied, I think, literature as well or theater. And then went and opened a bar, as you do. Uh, he's an avid baseball fan as well. So he would just, you know, uh, he'd work in a bar and then watch baseball games whenever he could. And he had this epiphany watching his sports team uh, when a specific, I think, I think he was somebody like a player from the US as well, like was just hitting a ball. And he describes it in one of his works where he just sits on like a, grassy like little hill uh, on one side of the stadium and he just he just describes it as in that moment having this epiphany of i can write a novel and he did uh, whenever he would come home from work so in the wee hours of the morning after he closed down his jazz bar he started working on a novel submitted the manuscript to a literary competition and that was the only copy he had. So if he hadn't won that one, which he did end up winning, which was, you know, the reason everything else happened. But if he didn't, uh, you know, win that prize, 
he would have lost this entire novel because he just didn't keep a copy of it, uh, which I think is a very interesting approach. That's so risky. That gives me so so much anxiety. <laughs> right? Like, look at us just, like, having three different copies of everything we write. Um, and he he was just, like, handwriting it and just, like, then I think he was typing it up and then just, like, sent it. Um, or maybe he just submitted his handwritten things. I'm not sure. But, yeah, very interesting. Crazy. Very interesting origin story. And... Yeah, it's just one of these do or die moments, and he did. And yeah, he won the prize, which was a pretty prolific, like a really established prize for new voices in Japanese literature. And he just went on from there. He's been writing since the 80s and has done so until today. He usually writes in first person narration and has a lot of things that i really like um like descriptions of food which is something you're probably going to like he describes a lot of the food that just his protagonists are making he is talking about about bars a lot because all of his protagonists usually end up in a bar at least once in every of his stories and as somebody who used to own one or at least i think even multiple ones at some point he uh he knows his his way around bars he again is is an avid lover of baseball which sometimes comes into this his novels which i don't care about but it's still fun every once in a while because it's not as extensive as for example paul auster who just dedicates multiple pages on something to do with baseball and i'm just like i don't care um but he also references a lot of classical and jazz music and there are entire blogs and spotify playlists devoted to all the things he mentions in his works which is just great and he has a great taste <laughs> um sometimes they they are just in the background sometimes they are related to a an important event in one of the stories um one of his or multiple actually multiple of his works are song titles like um Norwegian Wood by the Beatles or South of the Border, West of the Sun, which is from a jazz musician. I'm, I don't remember which one. And Dance, Dance, Dance as well. And yeah, it's, I don't know. I really like his writing style as well, which is, you know, difficult to say if you're reading translations, but still uh, pretty interesting. Um, and his thematic focus as well of longing for or even grappling with the loss of or searching for loved ones as well and you know most of the time his protagonists are kind of solitary uh men but uh you know it's it's a very still a very uh distinct sort of sort of protagonist that he writes about um and yeah he as i mentioned he writes you know different different in different genres and different media his non-fiction work for example underground about the 1994 sarin gas attack on the tokyo subway by the aum sect or cult um which is basically just interviews with everyday people who were there the day that it happened and so he doesn't really appear in the in the pages but it's a very interesting work because you can just 
kind of see a lot of Japanese like cultural touchstones when it comes to things like family or work and just like outlooks on society by people like by individuals and it's very interesting how how much that can tell you about a person uh even though it's not necessarily what this is about in in the first place which is you know obviously the uh, gas attack uh and it's yeah it's a very interesting uh you know topic and a way a very interesting way of handling it as well i'm sure other writers would definitely include and themselves and put their, themselves first maybe but i feel like murakami is uh, definitely not a, like he is the antithesis of egocentrism so maybe that's something that i like about him as well um he also <laughs> he's also um kind of going through other um you know occurrences in japanese life of the last few decades in his other work um for example he has a short story collection called after the quake which deals about with the also <laughs> in 1995 kobe earthquake and i think there are six short stories in there all all kind of relating to that earthquake in one of them a giant frog appears for example which is kind of funny uh which because i watched it first gave me slight naruto vibes um but the <laughs> uh yeah it's it's an interesting short story collection he has you know his his short stories have also really been really famous especially in the u.s because some of them were published in the new yorker and uh, you know there are so, some call like some of the famous ones are called the bakery attack the second bakery attack the elephant vanishes <laughs> or drive my car which has recently been adapted into a movie that i think both of us really enjoyed and yeah he has there have been multiple collections of his work like yeah the aforementioned the elephant vanishes after the quake blind willow sleeping woman men without women and first person singular that just came out a few years ago and yeah it's it's a really interesting sort of purview that he has and the magical realism is mostly happening in his novels, I would say, and there is nary a novel in which he doesn't include one included one way or another, which I find just incredibly interesting. And he does it in it's 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 a lot of a lot of things are just based on dreams or visions or the like, but all, that also blend with reality. But also, you know, I, I will give later uh, other example later on. Um, because of course I'm going to give you a top four. Obviously, <laughs> obviously I gotta. You know, this I'm contact contractually obligated to do so. Not really, <laughs> but that's just uh, you know the way we do things here at Silly Hook, the Weekly Hook. Um, but yeah, he's he's been one of my favorite writers ever since I basically picked up his the first novel of his that I read, and I recommended him to you as well, and. It's so funny to me that the novel you read was the only one of his that I can say I don't like. Uh, which is what? Uh, which was hardboiled. What was it? Something hardboiled and the end end of the world. Something oh, like that. I don't even remember. That's the one you gave me, not the one that I read. But yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. 
Uh, which one did you read? I forgot. I have read, which ones have I read? I've read um, Elephant Vanishes, Norwegian Wood. Um, I've read, uh, oh man, what did I also read? Sorry, I have to pick up his books really one second. Sure. Oh, Men Without Women. I think I've read more than that. No, I've definitely read more than mm. just those. <laughs> no, I think that might be it. Hmm, maybe. Wow. But I mean, that's, 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 that's disappointing. <laughs> well, you you have much more to explore then in the future. There you go. So yeah, that's why did you I got read the Kafka on the Shore. Maybe I did. I can't Maybe remember. Maybe you it. did. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, he's just been writing a lot and for a long time, and just very different things. And yeah, I just want to kind of first of all, of course, the weekly hook is here to talk about you know the things we like, so that you, dear listener, or you know the other person that we're talking to. In this case, I'm talking to Rashad. Just like hello. Re- check this out check (laughs) check this out check this out obviously you have already read some of his things but um yeah there are other ones i think didn't you also read uh colorless uh tazaki yes that's one i've read for sure that was my favorite one yeah yeah that, that, that was the first one that i read actually and i was like oh this is interesting and then i just that was also i think a good first book to check out of his because it's very light on some things, but also has a lot of the staple Murakami uh, facets in it. And yeah. So I just honestly just want to talk about the books now that I I really like. Uh, As I mentioned, there's only one that I I don't like, which is, I think it's just the setting is the only one that is not really magical realism. It's just a fantasy or science fiction novel. And uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember much of it except that I didn't like the setting at all, and so that kind of ruined it from the outset. Um, which was interest, an interesting experience as well. Just you know, listening, uh, re- reading something by an author that you've like unequivocally loved all all of the things you they've written so far, and then you realize fifty pages in, oh, this is not doing it for me. I mean, I still read all the way through, but because I'm a completionist, if you couldn't tell. That's commitment. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, that's just that's just what I do. I mean, I, I have, I don't know, I haven't really stopped reading books that much. I think I stopped reading two books, like I didn't finish them, uh, the, the rest, but I'm also really particular about the kind of books that I read. I'm kind of more more on the you know playing it safe side when it comes to literature which kind of makes me a little snobby sometimes just because i go back a lot to the ones that have been established to be good because i can be pretty sure that i'm going to like them or that they're going to be good um because i kind of don't want to especially when when you know i didn't really have access to a library that much uh and just didn't have the money to buy a lot of books all the time uh you know I, i would just go with the safe bets and uh, so I would always go to the ones that have been established. And Murakami, actually, I had or- I had already heard of, I think, when 1984 came out. And I kind of, it was one of these things where I heard a lot about it. But I kind of did, and it was interesting, but I also kind of didn't want to check it out. It was one of these, everybody talks about it, so I don't want to like it sort of things. And then 10 years later, I actually read it and really liked it. So <laughs> there goes that. Um, 
but yeah, to talk about the novels and the works in general that I really like. <clears throat> of course, I have a top four and of course I have honorable mentions. But I only have two that might, uh, you know, surprise you, Rashad. I don't have like 16 honorable mentions here. Wow, that's insane. <laughs> Um, I have the aforementioned Kafka on the Shore as an honorable mention, which nice. is the story of two people who kind of seem connected in some way um, and has interesting contrasts in uh, you know, how the story of the two people is told with different you know, viewpoints and how they interact. And there is this one moment uh, in the story that had that just elicited a visceral reaction in me where I was basic. I was very close to just out of surprise, just like, whoa, and like throw the book away out of my hand, uh, which which has never happened to me uh, before or after. So that was an interesting experience. Um, yeah, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's a very long one. Uh, and but yeah, it's it's it definitely merits reading. I think um, it's a lot about you know Oedi- uh, Oedipus uh, complex and everything. All of these things. Uh, that was a little bit strange part for me because I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Oedip- Oedipus <laughs> complex stuff is a little bit not up my alley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's uh, you know, it is what it is. I guess it wouldn't be one I'd recommend someone to start reading Murakami with, if that makes sense. No, absolutely not. Uh, I think that's that's one for kind of the uh, the people who've already read like four or five novels of his and can't stop. Hence, like you. Yeah, I was going to say, what a coincidence that I have a few novels to recommend you uh, before reading Kafka on the Shore. Uh, the next, the ne- the second honorable mention, I also don't recommend you starting with it because it's basically a sequel uh, to the aforementioned Wild Cheap Chase. It's called Dance, Dance, Dance. And it's, uh, you know, it is a great sequel, but it also stands on its own really well. I still recommend you read the other one first. Or actually, there are three works that come before that in the so-called Trilogy of the Rat, of the Rat, which actually is four works, but the first two are often combined into one work because they're more like novellas. Mm, not, I mean, th- those were his first two stories. Uh, the first one was... Uh, the one that you know won him that prize that I mentioned earlier, and they're fine, but they're not like they're not anything spectacular. Um, but yeah, this is the last installment, if you will, of that series. Uh, it has a really interesting story and characters, and yeah, I think just a great ending as well. A lot of intrigue also on the longer side, but there are definitely Murakami books that are like a thousand pages. So this one isn't, doesn't even come close to that. Um, and it's funny how his works have tended to get longer and longer, uh, the more he's written. And yeah, th- those two books almost made it onto my top four, but there were just, there was just something about it that, I think, I think, I mean, the edge is, and I can just talk about it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it is, my number four is Kalalilis uh, Tsukuru Tazaki and his years of pilgrimage. Maybe, you know, getting getting a head start because it was my first Murakami book. And so I will always think of it fondly. And yeah, it's a really interesting story of the pro- protagonist 
who starts dealing with the trauma of his close-knit friend group suddenly cutting ties with him 16 years ago and he goes back and tries to get to the bottom of it and yeah it's just a really interesting story about uh you know just dynamics and growing up i think a lot a lot it's very interesting that a lot of his works also go back to somebody's family background and everything you know how how they were raised what environment they grew up in uh so it really helps grounding the characters and you can kind of see it's kind of psychologizing the uh the characters in a really good way though not in like oh like this is related to that you know oh this person behaves like this because of that what that happened in their past don't you see it it's more elaborate than that i would say and yeah since you've since you've read it do you remember anything that you that stood out to you i mean i'm literally i'm literally i'm literally like throwing this to you we haven't talked about this uh you know at first but uh, if you have any if anything comes to mind I think what comes to mind for me when I think of that book, I think of just like how it captures just kind of like this raw trauma and emotion that can impact any individual and how when you kind of first open it up, you're thrown into a world of misery to a certain extent, but then you're exploring every aspect of it. And it just like the day-to-day minutiae and the way that it ex- it, it expands such a simple world. It's just, I thought it was beautiful. So that, I mean, that's, what I remember from that book the most. So it's not the, it's not a feel good read for sure. I don't think any of his books are particularly feel good, but I think, um, I think it really was um, something that just captured such a, the the intimate details of something so small and beautiful and, and, and and horrifying in some ways. So yeah, that's just kind Mm. of what I remember from it. Okay, cool. My number three is, 1984 or as it's written 1q84 which i love his i mean obviously a lot of it gets lost in the translation because q is how nine is like how q is pronounced is how nine is pronounced in japanese uh and you know you you mentioned orwell uh who wrote about you know what 1984 could be like and murakami instead writes about what uh 1984 could have been and it's a really long one so long that it had been has been published in three parts uh but you know i just read it as one as with you know it's 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 not that long it's not like three three like thousand page books and yeah that really this one is a really good example of magical realism because the protagonists uh tango and aomame find themselves in a parallel world with two moons not like tatooine i suppose um except it's it's tokyo um and this world has magical creatures called little people in it that guide an influential sect that touches the lives of the protagonists in different ways and I really like basically every aspect of this novel and it it was this funny experience of reading because at some point there was there was a very there was there was a very important plot point and I kind of saw that it was it, that it was coming but the writing still managed to have me highly invested like emotionally and 
I'm obviously not going to spoil anything, but it paid it off in a in a way that was re- just really satisfying. And I rarely have these instances where I kind of see where things are going, and then then you know usually it kind of ruins it for me. But in this case, I just I just got sucked into it, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, I've always wanted to read it. I actually downloaded like the original Japanese version and was going to read that. And I was like, mm. oh, nope, no thank you. Um, it's just such a long... <laughs> it's very long. It, it, that's, yeah, I think it, it would just be a whole a whole thing. Um, so that's yeah. why I never got to it. But it just your recommendation <laughs> of it just makes me really want to get into it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, really good. Again, maybe not something people should start out with because just because it is so massive. But... You know, definitely, maybe not the, f- like, you You should probably <laughs> read this one before you read Kafka on the Shore, which is weird because this is way longer. But, uh, yeah, I just I just like it a lot. And, you know, if if something can turn, turn me around from, oh, I don't want to like this to, oh, I actually like this quite a bit, that's always a good sign, I think. My number two is actually not... Uh, fiction. It is a work of nonfiction. It's my probably my most gifted book of the last five years, and it is his uh, collection of essays called "What I Talk About When I Talk About Running." And it's kind of an autobiographical work, um, and it's dedicated to Murakami's love of running marathons and running in general, and he does a really great job of describing what running does to him, like physically, emotionally, mentally. He mentions the relationship between running and writing about his like running progress and his career as a writer. And he just, yeah, he just vividly portrays all of the aspects of that so well. And yeah, I just come back to it, even though I'm not, a marathon runner myself far from it uh, but i just really enjoy this book and everybody i know who's like even mildly into sports i kind of gift at some point <laughs> give that book to at some point and it's just again he has this way of talking about it and even though this is a book that is just all about him in a way he doesn't do it in this egocentric way of like, oh, look at me, I'm so accomplished and I, I can, you know, I'm I'm not just a really well-known writer. I also run marathons and am, ain't I great? Um, no, he talks about the struggles, especially as he gets older and how there's a certain kind of way when he realizes I will just, from this point on, it's just going to go down. Like I will never be as good as I was five years ago just because he is getting older and it's really interesting or the experience of running an ultra marathon which is a hundred kilometers which is it takes like 12 to 15 hours for even like like the fastest of the people wow and that is just insane honestly and just yeah i think the mental part of it as well like you just have to keep going you don't think about how long it's still like how long you still have to run for you're just 
focusing on the next like on the next kilometer and then you're just at some point you everything hurts and you kind of you just get into a zone and sort of like a trance and you're just focusing on getting one foot down the other foot down and just repeat that and how how the focus narrows down and yeah i think that definitely has a great um parallel to writing at least at some point where in the beginning you start out you have this big project and then you're just i just got to get through this one word at a time at the end uh, which is something you might be able to relate to so i can definitely recommend that book to you sounds great <laughs> And my number one uh, is Wild Sheep's Chase. I I just I love that book. I don't even think it's his best one, but it is just my favorite, which is why I think this differentiation just makes a lot of sense. Um, it's basically a detective novel um, about an adver- uh, like an ad- advertisement executive who is forced by an influential underground figure to find a sheep that is like a specific sheep that was pictured in a photo of a pastoral scene that the protagonist had published recently, a photo taken by his friend called Rat. Again, it's part of the trilogy of the Rat. And what follows is the titular wild sheep chase in which the protagonist just encounters fascinating characters and finds himself in absurd and sometimes supernatural situations with a lot of mystery to it and i just found this book so endearing some of the as i mentioned some of the facets of it are a little bit absurd and maybe some people would be sort of confused by that or that would pull them out of the book but if you can suspend your disbelief for a little bit as you as you have to do with a lot of uh fiction anyway uh especially the more fantastical one this is is such a great book and yeah i i would say start with that one if you want to check out murakami with with the exception maybe of 1984 all all of these books are great starting points for murakami as well and yeah they're it's it's super interesting to me that it he kind of contrasts with paul auster in this way where auster i have very I can I can easily categorize his works in basically three or maybe four different like groups depending on how much I like them. But with Murakami it's pretty difficult and as I said there is only one that I don't like and he's written about as many novels as Auster has and I'm dislike much more or just don't like many more of Auster's novels. Um so I guess Murakami has a better betting average to go with a baseball analogy um <laughs> i don't even know i've never watched baseball no great great you did a good job <laughs> thank you thank you um but yeah i don't know he's he's just he's just grown on me so much in the last few years the last book uh killing Commandadora, was also very entertaining it was just a lot of like a fun read not especially deep i would say kind of a remix of his like previous work but still enjoyable and i wonder if there's i mean he just published a short story collection and a non-fiction book about being a writer uh, a few years ago so 
maybe there's another another novel in the work and i'm definitely going to check that out and if not then you know i'll be happy with all of the books he has published and yeah i have uh, i i just own a lot of the ones that i like already and uh, i hope to maybe buy a few more books in the future that he publishes uh, yeah, that he is yet to publish i suppose and yeah so for every anyone out there who's looking for some reading material i mean murakami i can just highly highly recommend Thanks for sharing. That was an amazing, you know, dive into Murakami. Where you're on an author kick right now, which is really nice, because yeah. <laughs> I know that's something that's really you're something you're really passionate about. So it's great to hear you kind of go into it in depth here on this podcast. So thank you. I mean, my pleasure, literally. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, Rashad, for listening. Thank you so much, dear listener, for listening. And if you've enjoyed the show, give us a five star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. For Rashad, I'm Chris, and talk to you next time. Bye.